0: Welcome to a special Word on Wednesday podcast for September 11, 20 years on. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. 20 years ago, Judith and I were living three short blocks south of the Twin Towers in downtown Manhattan. We had awakened that Tuesday morning to clear blue skies and the sparkling waters of New York Harbour. But it was not to last. We felt the shock when the first tower was hit from the north. We heard the scream of the second jet flying low overhead and what sounded like a sonic boom when the south tower was hit. We experienced the shaking of our apartment building, similar to that of an earthquake, and the midnight darkness when the first tower collapsed. We saw the dust, the ash and the paper on the streets and felt the eerie silence when we were later able to leave our building. Lower Manhattan was like a moonscape. A great evil occurred that day. Twenty years on, it's easy to put aside the hideous acts that cut short the lives of people going about their daily affairs. It's easy to forget that commercial airliners were used as missiles to crash into the Twin Towers and into the Pentagon. A further flight, intended for more destruction, was thwarted by the selfish, heroic efforts of passengers. People on that flight prayed the Lord's Prayer as the plane crashed into a field in Pennsylvania. Over 3,000 men and women died that day. In his address to the nation that evening, George W. Bush, then President, called for prayers for all who had lost loved ones. He continued, And I pray they will be comforted by a power greater than any of us, spoken through the ages in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. In the Wall Street Bible talks I was giving at the time, I spoke on Psalm 46, which begins, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their raging. Let me identify three themes. First, creation in turmoil. It can never be said that the Bible knows nothing about catastrophic events and not least, human evil and its devastating effects on this world. Indeed, the psalm introduces a theme we overlook today, namely the ultimate dissolution of the present world order by its Creator. God continues His work even in the midst of the chaos. God's supremacy and presence with His people is never thwarted. He alone is our security and our strength. The larger Biblical epic records the intrusion of evil into God's good creation, as we find in Genesis chapter 3. God didn't create evil, but because He didn't make us robots, He allowed it. However, as the Biblical narrative unfolds, we become aware of the reality and the depth of wickedness. As a side note, if we insist we are here by chance, and are nothing but atoms, in an ordered cohesion bumping around in time and space, evil and suffering have no meaning, for there is no transcendental moral compass. The opening lines of Psalm 46 speak of the unchanging God, who is our refuge and strength. In Him alone we find a secure shelter and the power within to address any situation. Indeed, verses 2 and 3 exhort us not to fear, even if the world around us is undone. For God remains supreme over every facet of His creation, the earth, the mountains, and the seas. A second theme, humanity in turmoil. Psalm 46 moves from the upheaval of the material world to human turmoil. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, we read. God is in the midst of the city. It will not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. Derek Kidner comments that the city of God is one of the great themes of the Old Testament. God's choice of Zion, or Jerusalem, had been as striking as His choice of David, and the wonder of it keeps breaking through we also find glimpses anticipating the New Testament vision of the heavenly Jerusalem as the community of God's people rather than as a place. We find this, for example, in Psalm 48 and verse 2. Verse 6 of Psalm 46 speaks of the instability of evil and human tumult. The nations are in uproar, the kingdoms totter. However, God has the last word, for when He utters His voice, the earth melts. Verse 7 is so reassuring. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts points to the mighty armies of heaven, to which Jesus alluded when He was arrested, as we find in Matthew chapter 26. And the word refuge is a different word to the word translated refuge in verse 1. Here it speaks of an inaccessible height, which the New English Bible translates as our high stronghold. And a third theme, be still. Verses 8 and 9 are an invitation to catch the vision of God's ultimate intention, which is to make wars to cease to the end of the earth. It's a picture of the perfect peace that will follow on the other side of God's judgment. The accounting that precedes the perfect righteousness of the new heaven and the new earth, as we read about in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verses 12 and 13. The command, Be still, is not so much a word of comfort to the beleaguered, but a command to all the nations. Jesus' word to the turbulent winds and waters Peace, be still. Display the power of God's Word. Mind-bending though the idea is, at God's command, the nations will be called to water, confronted by God's glorious power. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In the closing words, The confidence in God of verse 1 returns with greater power. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our high stronghold. The death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ confirm the truth and the trustworthiness of these words. In the immediate aftermath of 9 years ago, churches were filled as many looked for comfort and hope. Some came to the risen Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. As we reflect on these events 20 years on, will you join with me in praying for the nations, especially that God might open blind eyes and unstop deaf ears, turning hard hearts towards their true home in Christ. Let me encourage you to join us via the net to discover how you can turn the pages of John's Gospel with your friends through Word 1 to 1 and the website www.word121.com The seminars are going to be held on Friday morning, October 22, for ministers and ministry staff, on Saturday morning, October 23, for lay leaders and church members. Details coming this week.
1: Satan tempts me to despair, tells me all the power and the glory are yours
0: now and forever. Amen. Let me continue in prayer. We commend to your fatherly care, merciful God, all those who in this passing world are in any kind of trouble, sorrow, sickness, anxiety, or need. And especially we pray for those who are known to us. Give them patience and confidence in your goodness and in Your mercy provide their every need. Father, hear our prayer. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Sovereign Lord, direct and govern the leaders of the nations. Give them the will and the wisdom to resolve tension and conflict so that all people may live in harmony and peace. We pray especially for the leaders of our nation. Give them wisdom grace, and integrity. Guide and strengthen all judges and magistrates to uphold justice and truth. Help our nation to share the resources you've given us so that people everywhere may enjoy with gratitude the fruits of your creation. Father, hear our prayer. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We praise your name for all your servants in whose life and death Christ has been honoured. Grant that, encouraged by the good examples of their lives, we may run the race that is set before us, and with them share the fullness of joy at your right hand, through Christ who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Amen. people involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Catherine Jacob, who leads a ministry for women in Birmingham, Alabama. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The hymn, Before the Throne of God Above, and the John Rutter setting of The Lord Bless You and
1: Keep You are sung by the Chamber Choir of the Cathedral under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to look out for the details Of the Word One Two One seminars, www.anglicanconnection.com.